Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, this is Jessica Hammer, host of Crowned and Dangerous. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. This is Dr. Mariah White, host of Your Life Matters, here on Public House Media. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. Once you are done with this episode, I hope you'll come check out my show, Your Life Matters, where we talk about dreaming big and dreaming bold to reach your wildest dreams in both your health and your happiness. A new show comes out every single Tuesday. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode of Your Life Matters. Thanks again for checking out the following broadcast on Public House Media. Hello, hello, welcome, and thank you for joining the Confessions of a Military Spouse podcast. I am your host, Jenna Burt. I'm a military spouse of almost 10 years, a health and fitness enthusiast, a mom, and a registered dental assistant. Again, thank you for spending your Tuesday here with me today. And if you find that today's episode resonates with you or you know someone else that could benefit from it, I highly, highly encourage you to share it. I also love to hear any and all feedback. So if you would like to leave me some feedback, please feel free to email me at confessions of a mill spouse at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram or on publichousemedia.org. I am super excited for today's episode because I have a very special guest back on the show with me today. I have Tia from Dependent.Work, and she has been on my show before, and I'm super excited to bring her back again. Tia and I have created a very awesome friendship and relationship through my podcast, um, and she is so full of knowledge, and today's episode is going to be so much fun. So without further ado, Tia, welcome, and thank you for being back back on my show. Thanks, Jenna, for having me. I'm excited just to be able to talk to you because I think, like you said, we've developed this friendship and it's great to have friends within the military community because it's so unique. Like we take it for granted and we kind of get jaded to it, but it's so cool to be able to have these conversations and be like to outsiders, especially this topic we're about to talk about, it's going to seem like it's not a big deal. Like it's so middle school skill in the whole grand scheme of life but for us as military spouses and um in our military life it's a big deal because it it's our life like we're talking about id cards so <laughs> it's it, it's our life like people don't get that yes but i want to say too like it the id card situation is a big deal in the military community and it probably may seem you know minuscule to other people but the other people that are listening the non-military people i want you when we're talking about this to kind of think about the dmv because everybody knows the dmv sucks 
Nobody <laughs> wants to go to the DMV. That's just the facts of life. Um, and so if you have to go to the DMV, especially to get a new license, which is basically the same thing that you're doing when you go to get a new ID card, you you dread it. It's not something that you really look forward to. And so having to get a new ID card as a military spouse is pretty much the same thing. Wouldn't you agree? I would. I mean, and we have to do both. We have to get driver's license yeah. and we have to get ID cards. So we get double doses of it. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, the um, military allows you to do something which is called have a home of record. And so for me, my home of record is Illinois. And my driver's license can stay in Illinois because it's my home of record. But that also means when it's time for me to renew my driver's license, not only do I have to deal with the DMV, which I have been kicked out of before, (laughs) Um, but I also have to figure out how I'm going to get back home to get my driver's license. It's It's so funny because I like really, anyway, we're getting down this rabbit hole about the driver's license thing. And my picture is so god-awful, and we'll talk about that with the ID. <laughs> yes. Well. Like, I would like to change my, my driver's license just to have a better, like, picture. But I want the version of back in the day when Tyra Banks had her show, her talk show, she had done, like, glam squad makeovers for people going to the DMV, and I would love to have that happen again. So oh. if Tyra ever comes to the show, <laughs> if we could have that happen, great. Yes, Tyra. Hook it up, please. <laughs> but yes, the pictures. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's let's just jump into the whole ID situation and process to begin with. So I want to start by saying I have had numerous IDs, and I don't know if I just like have chose to put blinders on and block out that portion <laughs> of getting my ID because it is so terrible, or if my experiences really haven't been that bad. But when people I hear military spouses talk about getting a new ID, it they talk about it as badly, almost as badly as they talk about Tricare, which yeah, that is saying a lot. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've been lucky, and I'm glad you've been lucky because it is frustrating. Like, I, I mean, like you said, we've had several ID cards, and the way that it works um, is if your husband makes rank, then you get a new ID card. If the ID card expires, you get a new ID card based on their time and service, um, their service commitment. So you could get two ID cards within a year if it coincides with a promotion and the end of service. Um because every time they re-enlist, they, they, you have to get a new ID card. So I've had, I don't know if that's why you've had several. That's why I've had several ID cards. But man, like for me, um, especially this last time, because my husband just re-enlisted, it was such a pain. And part of the pain is this, the way that it's set up. So they, here at Nellis, we do have like an ID card queuing system. So you can at least sign up for an appointment. Oh, okay. That still doesn't get you to the top of the line. You still got to wait once you get there. So even if you come in at your appointment time, it's kind of like going to the doctor's office. Sometimes you got to (laughs) wait 30 minutes, 45 minutes to even get through. And the people are not nice. Like you have a government job. You're getting government benefits. You're going to have end up with a government pension. You have to understand that you're dealing with a job that sucks. Like, People are frustrated with this process and the way the system's set up. So don't be frustrated with me when I come in because you don't like your job. That's not my problem. Go get another job. Like, that's like the first start of it. (laughs) But it's so true. It is so true because 
I, like I said, I haven't really experienced it. And I don't, I, I think the last time that I went in, I went in with the, um, not really expectations because nobody wants to wait for hours. But I think I went in with the thought that I was going to be waiting for hours and then I didn't end up waiting for hours. Um, so I think that's kind of what set me up for success a little bit. But I hear people talk all the time about just how terrible it is and how rude the people are. And it, like you said, what is the purpose of it? Nobody wants to be there. Like, do you think that I want to get a new ID because my husband got promoted or because he reenlisted or whatever? I don't even want to get a new driver's license every four years. I definitely don't want to get a new ID every one, two, three years. Yeah, it, it's 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 a fresh from that standpoint. Like, it is what it is. Like everywhere you go, you have people that just don't like their job, and then just make the customer service aspect is thrown out of the window. But it you go through that as far as like dealing with the people that work there. But then you're waiting, and then there's all these criteria. And I think the part that um, really frustrated me, and when you asked me to be on, I was like. We're starting to riot about this because this, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is totally what's frustrating me because I was in the car with my mom, who's also at one point a military spouse. So it's fun to talk through these things. It's just like, why can't we do anything by ourselves? Why can't like your husband's deployed right now and you probably have to have um, power of attorney for everything to do anything on base. And it's like. Why we run the show most of the time? The de- the dependent quote unquote <laughs> yep is running the show. Yet we can't do anything. So the first time I went in for my appointment, my husband thought I was all set, and he obviously we need to know the rules a little bit better too. So that's on us. But I get all the way to the front of the line after having my appointment and waiting for forty five minutes, and then they're like, "Where's your sponsor?" And I'm like, well, here's everything I need. Here's my marriage license, passport. My, I have a current card. They're like, he needs to be here. We need him to sign some form. And so I'm like, okay. So I call him, and he's in the middle of launching jets. Like, he can't come <laughs> at a drop of a dime to help me. So then this is where I get really agitated. It's like, well, we can't. once he's able to come, we'll put you back in queue. So just sit out there. And when he comes, we'll have you come back. I'm like, well, do I get to come back to the front of the line? No, you'll be back in the queue. What? What's the purpose of that? Yeah, I I just leave and come back. Like, that's (laughs) a waste of my day. And like you said, he can't just drop. Like, and for me, I feel like they would understand or they should understand that they can't just drop everything on a dime and come to our rescue. So it is super frustrating because you do need power of attorney for everything. And then you made a good point about, you know, my husband being deployed. He is selected for promotion. Thankfully he'll get promoted after he gets back. But I mean, there are people that do get promoted while they're deployed. What do, what do those spouses do? It's not like they can just message them and be like, Hey, by the way, I need power of attorney or whatever. So I can get a new ID. Can you send it yeah. to me? They don't have that access. Yeah. And and our and the thing about the ID card for the non-military people is that that's our ticket to get anywhere. So if you need to go to the hospital, to the emergency room, whatever, that's the key. Just to get on base, you have to have the ID card and the hospital is behind the base. So <laughs> if you have a sick kid and you need to go to the ER, like you can't get there without your ID card. So it's really a, it's a, when 
the dependent, quote unquote, is running the show, you need that. That's your lifeline to be able to do the things you need to on base and the services you need to get to on base. So it's it's just from that standpoint, um, when we're the ones who are holding down the fort, we need to have more flexibility. And this is really a DOD problem. <laughs> we need to be able to have that flexibility to get things done when we need to. I get that there's probably a majority. There's a small minority. I shouldn't say majority. There's a small minority of people that are probably doing things they're not supposed to be doing. Like they're probably getting divorced and they don't need to be on base anymore. And so that, you know, they don't need to have access and that's why they're safeguarding against it. But the safeguard is so much that I think it, it hinders us being able to do things that we need to do to take care of the family when also supporting the mission. And this is where I get frustrated is because when we say mission first and when I see those jets fly over our house and, and I know that's for the mission, that frustrates me that there's so many um, roadblocks for us as dependents to make sure that we can do what we need to do to support our service member to be doing their job for the mission. Yeah, And that's where I get frustrated. Absolutely. And I mean, it's 2019. I understand that we're called quote unquote dependents, but like you said, I don't know really any military spouses that are actually dependent on their spouse. And I say that in the nicest way possible because in a military lifestyle, we're not really able to be dependent on our spouses because we don't even know if and when they're going to be home. Yeah. So how can we do what we need to do as spouses for our families and to support and to support our spouses when we don't have the rights, basically. Yeah, it's it's a like I said, it, this is a DOD problem, and it's something that they're going to have to help resolve. My whole thing right now that I look at it as is how do I make an impact, or how do I make enough noise to help solve that problem. Because it's more than just this area. Like That's why I said it may seem really small to people that it's an ID card. Like, get over it. Like, it's not a big deal. But it really comes down to you're not empowering the spouses to be able to do what they need to do to make sure the mission is taken care of. Because if we are not supported and um, we do not feel empowered, we are the ones who are telling our spouses, hey, get out. This isn't working for us. Yeah. So you talk about there being a retention issue within the service and you know, there was a point where we cut too much. Now we're at the point where we need to, to beef back up our, our military and make sure that we're keeping people there and, and supporting them, making them happy and making sure that the, the family life is supported. And the way that you do that is by empowering the spouse to be able to do what they need to do. If you put too many roadblocks and you make this process too frustrating, that's when we start to say, Hey spouse, like, is it worth it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, obviously I understand and I know that the, the military member, they have their own struggles within the military. Like I, I know just from talking to my husband that military life now is definitely not what it used to be whenever he got in. And it wasn't even that long ago. And I, I understand that there's changes and that's fine. And they're, you know, trying to do the whole equality thing and, and that's great. But why can't we do that on the spouse side too? Yeah. You know, they want everybody to be equal. They see everybody as equal. Well, why can't we see spouses as equal too? 
just because we're not putting on the uniform and we're not going to war doesn't mean we're not fighting the wars that we have at home. And it doesn't mean that we're not holding down the fort and that we're not having to do all this behind the scenes stuff. Like I always tell people if they could live a day in my shoes while my husband is gone, like their mind would be blown because there's literally so much stuff that has to be done, but it also takes all these different moving parts. And if you don't have one right form, you can't do anything. Like I went to the bank to try to get my husband a um, new debit card while he was gone. And I have power of attorney, but I don't have the correct power of attorney. Yeah. That's the other piece. Yeah. (laughs) So because I didn't have the correct power of attorney, I couldn't do anything. Never mind that I was authorized on the account. I have my own account with him. We have a joint account together, but I still couldn't do that. Yeah, it's it's uh, and I mean, it's just also the time aspect, right? So like in addition to that a lot of more military spouses are employed. So if you don't the services aren't available at the times that are convenient for working moms and dads that are spouses um, of a military member. And so the struggle is real. <laughs> so you're balancing all of these hats. And, and then on top of that, you get there. And if you don't have the right form or, a, you, you know, you don't have something signed off correctly, you're dead in the water until you, you can get that resolved. Yeah. But yeah, if you set up all these roadblocks for spouses, which I think roadblocks is a great way to put it. You know, we're not going to be, we're not going to want to be resilient for a very long time and try to overcome and get past them because we just know around the next corner, there's going to be another roadblock. And I don't even think it's, I think it's, I don't think it's intentional. Like, I don't think they're like, Oh, we're intentionally going to hold down the, dependence and and keep them under a thumb i think that it's just old systems and old thinking i mean i was sitting there with my husband i'm like even the way that the id card building is set up it's inefficient it's like they should just tear this building down and make it more efficient like there there there's doors in here that are from like the 80s (laughs) the stranger things that i was just so frustrated i was like the whole process is kind of backwards from the standpoint and they, they just don't update. And so because we're slow to progress and we really are in an environment like outside of the base that is so progressive that that's, what's going to, that's, what's causing us frustration. So, um, I am in talent management. That's my job and my day-to-day work. And we are looking at artificial intelligence and how do we, you know, make work, better and faster and candidate experience better and make interview processes better and how do we help managers and uh, when we onboard employees make that faster and um, not just faster but the the experience better and so for me it's hard because I, I live in I work in this environment where we're constantly innovating and changing and uh, if it doesn't work let's blow it up and fix it but then my personal life and the life that really <laughs> dictates how I, I uh, grow my family and how our family interacts is so uh, behind in times. And so one of the videos we recently watched just at work was talking about how 
in the business aspect, we're going to have to pull along the government systems because the government systems are just too slow and they're not going to be able to keep up. And it's business that's going to have to help support those business, those uh, governmental changes. And so for me, in my mind, I think, man, this is the same thing. Like, I'm living this. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, make these changes happen on the other side. Absolutely. And one thing that I always think about in situations like this is, um, like, why don't they allow the spouses to come in? And I mean, I know there are surveys galore and stuff like that, but how much of that is really heard? Um, and so in my opinion, I'm thinking because the spouses are the ones that are usually so involved, why not let them come in and say, Hey, this system is inefficient and it could definitely be run better if it was done like this. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know if it's just too overwhelming because the, you know, realistically, right. It's not the mission, right? And I think a lot of those people are focused solely on the mission. But there are people that are saying, like, hey, because of the retention issue, we have to look at all these other factors that are causing it. And then that goes to looking at the family systems and saying, how are we not supporting these family systems and how can we support them better? But it's still a secondary yeah. to the mission. And, yeah. um, but we're saying, like, hey, we want to... We, we, these things would help support the mission. Like, and it's getting that mindset done and not looking at it as just an ancillary. So yeah, it's such a, it's, this one's a big one. Like we (laughs) went from like starting like little, little, little with like fun, like ID card DMV license to like, how do we solve this really big problem? And I don't know, like that's why we talk through it. I think that's why these forums are so great. I mean, we have each other talk through this and then from this will come action because somebody will say like, Hey, here's an idea. Let's just do it. Um, but I don't know. Like I don't have the answer right now. <laughs> I know. Well, I think it's a hard thing to answer because no matter how many good ideas we have, like there has to be a group of people behind it, supporting it enough to even be able to get it heard. And I think that's, to me, something that's super frustrating is the fact that we're not heard the way that I feel that we should be. And I understand, like, there are some people out there that are just going to bitch to bitch. And, like, that that's just the, the way it is, you know? It's just the name of the game. And, I mean, that's with anything in life. It doesn't matter if you have a civilian job, a DOD job. It, it doesn't matter. Like, there are going to be those people out there that are just going to bitch to bitch and they're not going to have a solution. But then there are spouses like you, especially that have this background knowledge and that have this understanding and, you know, that have fantastic ideas that aren't being heard because you're not a big enough quote unquote force. Yeah. I I think, um, it's also like one step at a time, right? Anything that we can do to, um, to move the needle a little bit and it's like talking about it letting people know like hey here's things that we can fix it helps um, it's incremental change right it's because I was I yesterday I got a message on Instagram and somebody was like oh I just love the work that you're doing for spouses and I said you know it's one hire at a time I said I wish it could be bigger I wish it was a larger impact but 
it's like the one spouse that I can find and connect to a job. It's like, it's one step forward. And she's like, yeah, and that's big enough. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I know, but we always want more, right? (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes it's just remembering that like these incremental changes, they do help. They do get us closer to making these changes that impact such a big community. And and people may say, well, there's not a lot of you, but there are a lot of us. And we're underemployed and we're unemployed. And we need to make sure that we are also being heard and taken care of. Yeah. And that's it. Especially with it being 2019, like the amount of women that are in the workforce, especially military spouses, because I do feel like there was a time in, in you know, previous history where not a lot of spouses worked. And I feel like now with the way that the world is and society is and all this, you know, women empowerment and stuff like that, I feel like there's a lot of spouses that either are working because they want to and not because they have to, but just because they want to. Um, But I also feel like there's a lot of spouses that want to work that don't have the resources or the need or they're not supported the way that they should be. Yeah. And it's, and there's so many, re- I mean, there's so many tools now so that it shouldn't be that way, but it's also getting people in the right mindset to support and help and, and not looking at us as dependents. We're not dependent. Like we aren't like there's a, so many capable men and women that are supporting your military and whether that's they're the service member or the dependent, like we need to leverage that. So we do a lot of, um, there's a lot of backing behind veterans. It just needs to get there. It shouldn't be a, and include military spouses. It should be an automatic. Like it shouldn't seem like we shouldn't seem secondary to that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think about a lot of times I think about the dual, uh, military families, And, you know, like people, I mean, me personally too, like, I think it's pretty badass that both parents can be military spouses, Mm -hmm. you know, essentially (laughs) because they're, they're both, they're both a spouse, but they're also active duty. And I know that it takes a lot of planning and timing and everything else. But, you know, I feel like people look at dual military families so differently than they look at a military family that has one active duty service member and one working spouse when essentially it's still the same, like yeah. the planning and the timing and everything else that goes with it. It's still the same just because I don't put on a uniform, that kind of uniform. I wear a uniform, but just because I don't wear that kind of uniform doesn't make me any less superior to someone who does put on a military uniform. Yeah. It's the, the, like for me, I will always say this. The mission is so, important crucial like and i like i said when i see those jets fly by i go it takes my breath away and every time and sometimes we can get jaded to it but we are also supporting that mission and we in order to do that we have to be uh cared for and taking and made sure that we feel equal to and if not the mission you lose people and the mission isn't supported and we don't have what we need to make sure that we protect the country. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can say without a doubt that there have been times that I have felt resentful about the fact that I don't feel like I'm as supported as my spouses. I mean, even not that long ago when we were talking about homecoming and shame on me, 
shame on me for saying this, but you know, we were talking about homecoming and my husband told me like, when I come home, I'm going to have to go to work pretty much the next day. And I'm like, but why? He's like, well, you know, the single Marines that come home, we need to make sure that they get reintegrated, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. And I get that. But it's frustrating to me that nobody's thinking about the families. Reintegration is such a serious thing. Yeah. But they're not thinking about the families. And that's what frustrates me is the fact that we really aren't being supported in the way that I feel like we should be. And it's, I'm, it's not me being selfish. Like it's, it's the reality of the situation that families need time to reintegrate to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, especially they don't, the children, right? Like we forget yes. about the kids, the kids kind of get lost in that shuffle and it's like, well then bring that one of those single Marines home and they'll be our kid. Like, that's fine. We'll have two. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I would rather have that. Like, just bring an airman home, and then he can hang out and eat, yep. eat food. I, you know, like, because that's really what it is, right? They want to make sure that they're supported from that standpoint. Yeah. The sense of um, they don't they don't get isolated and lonely and the right. depressed, and then like you know the suicide things happen. Yeah, I get absolutely, that. and, and I get fun. it too. Like, bring them, bring them, bring them to the house. We'll cook them a meal. Like, they can sleep in a bed. Like, we can we can make it work in a different way, but like give me some time too. Yeah. Yes. And that's exactly the point that I was trying to get across. And I mean, he got frustrated. We both got frustrated, which I, I mean, deployment creates frustration, (laughs) like no matter what, but we both got frustrated because he sees it from the Marine standpoint, because he was that single Marine at one point coming home from deployment to nothing. But I see it from the family standpoint of, I have a six year old kid who needs her dad. Like, he has been gone for X amount of months and she needs him. She's not going to want you to come home at whatever time in the middle of the night that they're probably going to come home at (laughs) and then have to go to work at 6 a.m. the next day. She she doesn't need or want that. So it's like, where is that balance and where is that fine line? And I'm 100% with you. Bring everybody to the house. I don't even care. (laughs) We'll find places for them to sleep. I would put, like I that was the best part of uh, when we were younger I guess is that and we were like the couple and we didn't have kids yet it was like well then like the airmen just come over just feed them like let me make them cookies let's do all this stuff like let's make sure they they feel supported in that way yeah I pr- I would prefer that and I would and then that way we can keep an eye on them and yep. then and when they're out and about and when they get deployed and they you know go overseas I feel like this proud mama like to these airmen of like oh my gosh look at what they're doing they're traveling all over the world they're seeing all these great places because we've been in their life in a supportive manner well there's other ways to make sure that they they're taken care of and supported and i totally get like from the marine standpoint and from the airman standpoint the you know the seamen whatever <laughs> branch you're in is making sure that those guys get the guys and girls get the support they need um but the family needs it too. Like, and the, like you said, that reintegr- reintegration is going to be so vital and not even just for you guys as a couple, but for Ella, she needs that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like you said, prior to having a child, but even now having Ella, like there are 
Like, we have always been that house that's like, hey, if you don't have anywhere to go on Thanksgiving, come to our house. Like, if you don't have anywhere to go on Christmas, come to our house. Like, we have always opened up our home to the single Marines because, like I said, my husband was a single Marine at one point with pretty much no support system. I mean, he did have a support system, but, like, he wasn't around family. And so he gets it. And... I think he gets it from the family point of view as well, but I feel like sometimes it's hard for them to like disconnect and think about either the Marine or the family standpoint uh, separately. Mm-hmm. And after being deployed, you know, their sole focus is on their Marines. So yeah. I think to like turn that off is, is a hard thing for them. And I, and I get it. And like I said, I'm not trying to be selfish in the fact that like I want him home but it's the fact of the matter that there is a process that needs to happen. And sometimes I don't feel like we have the opportunity for that process to happen correctly. Yeah. It's interesting that they don't, because my friends who are actually moving, I went out with her last night. They, he just got back from a deployment. He's been back maybe two months. And it was like, the only reason he had time off is because they had a baby. So, yeah. He got baby bonding dive, but <laughs> wouldn't have had time off otherwise. And so it's like, there's there's these little odd things of like, yeah, we need to remember that there's still a family there. And in order to make sure that they're, um, they're fresh and refreshed, and they should have time off anyway. I feel like after you've been gone, wherever you've been, whatever you've seen, like you probably need some time to reset anyway. Like yeah. there, there should be some time to decompress but i don't know i don't write the rules and... <laughs> no because we know if we wrote the rules it would be so different <laughs> it would be so different it would be so good and, and then just... be complaining about something we did so right exactly <laughs> but it's like it in my last episode i talked about it too like the word reintegration now is apparently like a bad word i use it for civilians because i have civilian friends that are going through like Similar things to military families where they're having to work separate because, you know, husband was laid off and the only job that they can get was in another state. So they're here in this state with their family and eventually they're going to have to reintegrate just like military families do. And right now they're doing the every weekend or every other weekend thing with the kids or once a month with the kids. Like I have a an employee who's Re, they're reintegrating right now and they're a civilian family so I don't feel like that's negative word I know are- <laughs> the um, deployment readiness coordinator I think that's what they're called now because that's another thing that has changed like they used to be the family readiness officer and then they went to something else and now they're I think the deployment ready deployment readiness coordinator but um, yeah he was telling us because I volunteer to help with as much as I can within the unit. And he was telling us that I guess one of the meetings that he was at, um, he was informed that reintegration is like a a bad word and you're not supposed to use it now. And I'm like, I don't understand how that has a negative connotation to it. Like, yeah, that one's just like a word. Like that's just called. (laughs) Yes. Like, I mean, like, okay. Reunion sounds a little bit better, but that's, And it is what is happening, but it's not what's happening. Like, you have the reunion, and then you have the reintegration. (laughs) Like, 
Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, the reunion is just the beginning part. But then what happens after it is integrating back into your actual life. Right. Like, there's literally, I have, like, been racking my brain since you told me this. And I'm like, there is literally no other word to describe it. So funny. And it's one of those things, like, that's not broke, so don't try to fix it. There are a lot of other things within the military system that are totally broken that definitely need fixed. So can we focus on something else? Yeah, that's totally true. It's totally true. I love this conversation so much. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, like, it's, it's conversations that need to happen. And I think they are happening, like, within groups of people but I don't think it's like publicly talked about because people think like crap this is like I don't have you know the um what's the word I'm looking for like I don't deserve to be able to bitch about stuff like this but but you do because you live it this this is your life this is basically your existence and this is the shit that happens on a daily basis that you have to deal with so why shouldn't we be able to talk about it? Well, because they, it's like you're beholden to the benefits, so don't <laughs> talk about it. It's like, the benefits are good, but they're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, that is the realest, rawest, truest statement I have ever heard. Like, like you said, the benefits are good, but they ain't that good. Mm-hmm. They're just not. Yeah, no, like I have uh, veterans that are like, we, because we employ military spouses and veterans at my work. And so the veterans that are going through the fellowship program, when I'm helping them with their like, hey, okay, you're towards the end, let's start looking for a job, let's figure this out. I go, what I'm hearing from everybody is that they take the dental envision from the whoever they're employed with because the retirement dental envision are, it's so expensive and doesn't cover anything. Like, <laughs> Yes, they, there are benefits. They give them to you, but that doesn't mean that they're the best prime benefits ever. Yeah, and I, th- I, I think that's a common misconception that people have. I think people have this misconception that, you know, because we're military and we, quote unquote, don't pay for anything, which isn't true because we do pay for dental and we do pay for vision. And I'm sure we pay for medical But I think that because it's, you know, the military and it's DOD that these benefits are these amazing things. And I am here to tell you, like, I work in the dental field and I can tell you our dental benefits are shit. (laughs) Like, they just, um, they are. There is no other way to put it. I don't even like our dental benefits. And if, (laughs) like, I don't even use our dental benefits, especially when it comes to Ella, because... It doesn't cover what I need it to cover, and it doesn't cover the people that I need it to cover. Like, I could find a pediatric dentist that accepts our insurance and takes our insurance to where we don't have a copay, but is she getting the best care that is out there? No, I'm sure she's not, and I'm not okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm not okay with settling just because my insurance covers it. So for those of you that think, like, oh, it's great, it's grand, it's wonderful, these benefits are so great, they're not. They're not. Yeah, and, and, and you have an episode about that. So if anybody wants to go listen to that one, they should skip back a few episodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and on top of it, like, it wasn't until, I don't know about you guys, but for the Marine Corps, and I'm sure, I feel like it's probably universal. Maybe not, I don't know. But for the Marine Corps, it wasn't until, like, just recently. And when I say just recently, like, within the last year, probably even six months, that we actually had the option to 
opt into vision plans that covered something more than just one exam per year because unless you opt into this new vision plan, which like I said, is truly new, you only got one exam per year and that was the only vision benefit that you had. Oh, I'd go to Costco. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's even it's like one more thing I have to think about. Like I don't have time for it. I just go to Costco. I pay whatever, like twenty five dollars, whatever it is. It's cheap, and then I just go from there. Yeah, but and again, that's something that like most people I feel like take for granted because they have vision plans, they have dental plans, and they don't have to worry about it. But for us, like. Like you said, it's just another added thing that you have to worry about and deal with. And it's not, it's not easy. So the easier solution is go to Costco. You can grocery shop and get your vision exam at the same time. Exactly. And then I can swing by later, get the prescription and then do my glasses. Like it's much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have to get the ugly glasses that are on the face. Because like everything else on base, it's definitely behind the times. And it's so expensive. Oh my goodness. Like I thought, like people think, oh, you're going to the BX, you're going to get such a deal. And I love that this conversation is happening right now because this is the funnest conversation I'm having today. I probably will go to work and be like (laughs) on a hot. But I was on base with my husband and we were shopping at the BX and I thought, oh my gosh, I would never, like I saw something I thought was cute and it was like a hundred dollars. I'm like, Who's buying clothes here? Yeah. Yeah. But but you're right. People think that because it's on base, it's cheaper. And you're getting mm-hmm. this great deal. But that's it, it's the same way with the commissary, too. I will say there yeah. are some stuff. There is some stuff at the commissary that's cheaper. But I even stopped shopping at the commissary because I'm like, by the time oh, I drive there <laughs> and then if it's payday, Jesus, Lord, help me. Like, it is just not. I will pay the extra 50 cents for whatever item I need to do a Walmart grocery pickup so I ain't even got to get out of my car. (laughs) Well, and you live in San Diego, which is densely populated, and to get to any of your bases around there, if you were even going to a different base to go to the commissary, is crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And it's not worth it. And so we as military spouses have to be resourceful and figure out, okay, is this, is it worth my time? <laughs> because if not, it's not going to happen. In the same car, in the same episode that she talked about TRICARE, she talks about how it takes forever to get to the base. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and like you said, I live in San Diego and we literally like, we have so many bases. There's Miramar, Camp Pendleton, 32nd Street. Like, I am pretty sure there's, like, Coast Guard or Air Force or something. I would assume Coast Guard because it's water down by 32nd Street. But, like, there are so many options around. And I can't even tell you the last time that I actually went on base. Because it is such a hassle. (laughs) It's just not worth it. Probably the next time I go on base will be when my husband comes home. And that's only because I have to pick him up. <laughs> I mean, I thought about sending an Uber, but I don't think that, I think that would be frowned upon. I think so. For your whole uh, reunion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I don't think it would be um, <clears throat> highly respected if I sent an Uber for my reunion. 
Listen, no, babe. You're, you're totally blackballed as a spouse. If you do <laughs> I do like to live my life pretty dangerously, so maybe. <laughs> you're already teetering on the edge. That right there will shoot you right over. <laughs> right? That'll put me in the blacklist. <laughs> Did you hear that, Jenna Burt? She said <laughs> Uber for her husband when he came back from deployment. <laughs> hey, people would be talking about me. It may not be in good reasons, but at least they know who I am. You probably should listen to her podcast because there's probably a story about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I could just see it now. Uber for reunion. <laughs> You can always tell your honey, your husband, honey, look, it's totally fine. This is great. <laughs> we can talk about it on the podcast. We can work through these issues. It'll be fine. Exactly. It's great, it's great material, okay? <laughs> Do it for the podcast. Do it for the podcast. It's for the pod. He's you say, like, you, okay, you, say you support me. This is what it is. <laughs> that's the line, honey. That's the line. <laughs> But this is why it's so important to have military friends, because if I were to have this conversation with a civilian person, they would think that I was batshit crazy and out of my mind. Not that I'm not batshit crazy and out of my mind, but... No, it's just, you have, there's some, you have to have some comic relief in the situation. It's stressful. You've been in a very, like, I, I know that we... You don't get to talk about it a lot. I mean, people know about it, but you don't talk about it a ton. But it is a stressful situation that having to run the whole house by yourself while your husband's gone. And not to mention who the heck knows where he is. Because we don't know anything. Yeah. We exactly. know all the stuff. We know nothing and we don't want to know anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in addition, you're stressing out. Like, in the back of your mind, you're, you have that in your head, too. Well, so, especially with all of this stuff, like now that's going on with Iran and like like you said we don't know where they're at I don't really want to know where he's at or what he's doing but you see all of these um, news reports and stuff and you can't help but wonder like is this affecting him yeah and so if you can't have comic relief like you're just gonna go crazy you were just it craziness will ensue I mean not that it doesn't already even with comic relief but it makes you feel better to know that you're not alone yeah. And in the part that's hard for me is because luckily I haven't had to go through any of that yet. Doesn't mean it won't happen. Um, but, you know, I can only be here to support my other spouses. And that's like what I hope to do is just be here for you and whoever else is going through it and just checking in and being like, are you okay? Yeah. Are you still alive? <laughs> are you still alive? <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Something's going going on, so I think you're okay. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Thank you, Tia, so much for being here today. This conversation has been so fun, and we have covered so many topics. You guys, I will be 100% sure to have Tia back on my episode just so we can bullshit and talk about all the craziness that happens <laughs> as a military spouse. So thank you again, Tia, and everybody else for being here with me today. I want to be on the episode after reintegration because I feel like that's going to be like the best, juiciest one because I feel like then we'll get like all the tidbits of like, oh, how's it going? <laughs> what are you guys doing? Oh, Did he was home for eight? two days. Like- I want to shoot myself. <laughs> I sent him back to work already. Yes, it's happening. I feel like that's the most girlfriendy um, 
episode that would be like the, the gossipy juicy one <laughs> yes it will absolutely happen well i'm thanks for having me i had a lot of fun and um good luck with homecoming yes thank you so much for being here thank you Also, you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.